This week we have seen Russian aggression again in the news, as we would expect from Bible prophecies relating to the time period just before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. Hello and welcome to another Bible in the News. In 2014, Russia annexed the Crimea, lending support to pro-Russian separatists and putting ununiformed troops on the ground. Based on a highly disputed referendum, it then incorporated the Republic of Crimea, Crimea and the federal state of Sevastopol, previously Ukrainian territory, as the 84th and 85th federal subjects of Russia. This ignited the tensest standoff between Russia and the NATO countries of the West since the Cold War. And since that time, the region has been deadlocked. Russia, through proxy militant groups, has been keeping up the pressure on the eastern Ukrainian border, and many skirmishes and battles have been fought between Ukraine and these pro-Russian groups. Although over 10,000 people are estimated to have lost their lives, in terms of world news, this conflict has mainly been low-level, though humming along over the past few years. But recently, something dramatic has begun to happen. Russia has been reported to be massing troops and equipment near Ukraine's eastern regions. In classic Russian style, though, the Kremlin denies that the build-up poses a threat. This is all raising concerns that the two sides are about to go head-to-head -head in a military confrontation. On Thursday the 8th, Newsweek ran a report entitled Top Putin official warns of end of Ukraine should war break out near border with Russia. End quote. Also on Thursday, the German broadcaster Deutsche Welle DW ran a report entitled quote, Is Russia about to launch a fresh offensive in eastern Ukraine? End quote. The report states quote, The United States and EU are watching reports of Russian troop movements on Ukraine's border with increasing concern. NATO has assured Kiev that the alliance will continue to support the country's sovereignty and territory um, and, and territorial integrity and monitor the situation closely. The EU's foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, has also given Ukraine's government his assurances. Germany and France, which are mediating between Kiev and Moscow in the ongoing conflict in eastern Ukraine as part of the so-called Normandy format, have made similar pledges. In a phone call with his Ukrainian counterpart, Vladimir Zelensky, President Joe Biden recently affirmed the US's unwavering support for Ukraine sovereignty and to territorial integrity in the face of Russia's ongoing aggression in the Donbass and Crimea. But reports of Russian troop deployments to the regions of Bransk, Voyansk and Rostov, as well as the annexed Crimean Peninsula, are circulating on social media. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Pestov has insisted that Russia moves its armed forces within its own territory at its own discretion, adding that this shouldn't worry anyone and does not pose a threat to anyone. End quote. 
On Friday the 9th of April 2021, the BBC ran a report with the headline, Ukraine Conflict, Moscow Could Defend Russia-Backed Rebels. Now, it was back in December 2019 that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, officially the government of Ukraine, published a document entitled 10 Facts You Should Know About Russian Military Aggression Against the Ukraine. Fact 3 is particularly interesting. They state, quote, Military aggression is just one element of the Russian hybrid warfare against the Ukraine. Other elements encompass, one, propaganda based on lies and falsifications, two, trade and economic pressure, three, energy blockade, four, terror and intimidation of Ukrainian citizens, five, cyber attacks, six, a strong denial of the very fact of war against Ukraine despite large scope of irrefutable evidence, seven, use of pro-Russian forces and satellite states in its own interests, and eight, blaming the other side, for its own crimes, end quote. It seems then that the world has been warned about Russian tactics and the threat Russia poses. But why is Russia turning up the heat now? One can only speculate, but it does seem that timing is everything. Consider these interesting facts. One, America has a new president. Putin and Biden have recently, apparently, fallen out. And Putin has been recently invited uh, Biden to a live debate. Is Putin testing the new leader of the USA? Apparently, America is, as CNN reported on the 9th of April, quote, considering sending warships to Black Sea amid Russian-Ukraine tensions, end quote. So that's the first thing that's interesting about the timing of this. But the second interesting thing is that at this time, the biggest nations in the EU are in discussions with Russia about Russia's Sputnik COVID-19 vaccine, as was reviewed in last week's Bible in the News. It's highly doubtful that countries such as Germany and France will take dramatic action against Russia if they are just about to purchase vaccinations from the Russians for their own citizens. So why does Russia want the Ukraine? Well, Russia wants to control the Ukraine for many obvious and unknown and unstated reasons. Um, for example, it would seem that these are the main ones. The Ukrainian territory is highly strategic and its coasts it, it gives Russian ships access to the Black Sea. It's a territory which used to be part of the Soviet Union, and so Russia sees it as historically a territory it should control. Its position in regards to the Western European countries is essential for transit routes for Russia's natural gas pipelines. If Russia lost complete control of the territory, it would mean losing control of its gas exporting infrastructure. The Ukraine wields influence over the EU because of its farming and agriculture. It is often referred to as the breadbasket of Europe. And as Russia wants to influence the West, if it controls this, it is another tool of power it can wield. The eastern Ukraine is home to an estimated 7.5 million ethnic Russians. And so there are many connections to Russia via the people that live there. And finally, just to touch on history going back further, 
According to one write-up by the Institute for a Greater Europe, published in 2019 entitled The Legacy of the Kievian Rus, The Memory War Between Russia and Ukraine, we read, quote, Ukraine is of significant importance for Russia. On the one hand, its history, culture and religion are closely connected to Russia than any other former Soviet republic. On the other hand, Ukraine and its history is inseparable from Eastern Europe. Either way, both Ukraine and Russia claim to be the ancestor of the Kievian Rus, the former medieval East Slavic state contained parts of the territories of contemporary Russia, Ukraine and Belarus. What is fascinating about this reference is to the Kievian Rus and that connects these events to Bible prophecy. In the prophecy of Ezekiel 38, we read of when the Jews have returned to their land after a long period of dispersion. This is speaking of our day, for it was only in 1948 and the declaration of the impedance of Israel after World War II that it could be said that the Jews have been regathered to their land. In this prophecy, we read that after the Jews are regathered, an invasion by a confederacy of nations takes place under the leadership of a mysterious character called Gog. After the invasion takes place, God acts. And by piecing together this prophecy with prophecies such as Joel 3, Zechariah 12 to 14, and prophecies in Daniel, we realise that it is at this time that Jesus Christ returns to save God's people of Israel and to establish God's kingdom on the earth. Young's literal translation translates verse 2 of Ezekiel 38 as follows. Son of man, set thy face unto Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy concerning him. From this we realise that Gog is the prince or leader of a people called the Rosh. Now the prophecy of Ezekiel was written around 600 BC. So who were these peoples who were called the Rosh at this time? If we can discover that, we can discover the people who Gog will be leading. Now sadly, recorded history does not go back to 600 BC, so we have to rely on sketchy sources. And one such source is the Septuagint translation of the Bible, which was apparently put together around 200 BC, so only a few hundred years from the time the prophecy was given. And in that translation, from Hebrew to Greek, the translators translated the Hebrew Rosh as a proper name, the Rus. It seems reasonable then to conclude that the Greeks knew of a northern people called the Rus that they associated with these people of the Rosh mentioned in the prophecy. These peoples of the Rus eventually became, uh, came into history as the peoples of the Kievian Rus, mentioned in the article we've previously meant, uh, quoted from. And from them, the Kievian Rus, came the peoples of Russia. And so today, the word for Russia in Greek has the same characters as the Rus of the Septuagint translation of Rosh in the Bible. So we conclude then that the people of Rosh, of whom Gog is the leader, are in fact the Rus or the people of Russia, who will come at the head of the confederacy of nations against Israel 
just before Christ returns. We expect then to see a dominant Russia, militarily strong, not scared of throwing its weight around in the latter days. The prophecy of Ezekiel 38 and other prophecies indicate that soon a uniting will occur between East and West because these territories are together, all together, against God's people of Israel and the Lord Jesus Christ when the Lord Jesus returns. And so we watch Russia, who we've had this prophecy given to us of, who will be the leading nation in that confederacy. We watch them and we watch their power growing and we watch their aggression that will see the nations of Europe being brought to their heel so that Russia becomes that leading force of the kingdom of men in the latter days as predicted by Bible prophecy. Who knows where the conflict in the Ukraine will end? But one thing is for sure. Russia is destined to take a leading position in geopolitics in the coming years and the Bible will soon be vindicated of its prophecies. This has been Matt Davies joining you for another Bible in the News. Join us again next week, God willing, as we examine world events in the light of Bible prophecy. <laughs>